0: to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet & Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. This is Dr. Glenn talking today about ear hematomas or oral hematomas hematomas are a quite nasty and painful condition that we see quite commonly in dogs um, cats less frequently but they can certainly get them um, there's a number of different causes and treatments which we will go through as part of this discussion um, as per usual if you have a specific um, problem with your pet strongly recommend uh, seeking the advice and console of your veterinarian okay it Ear hematomas, um, I see them quite a lot. Um, they are painful. They are essentially caused by um, damage to the ear itself. Um, the ear is essentially made up of skin and cartilage and skin and the blood vessels and nerves, etc., that go to it. It's quite a simple structure, but once you've got bleeding underneath the skin, between the skin and the cartilage, there's not much there to put pressure on it, and um, for a variety of reasons, that blood doesn't clot. Uh, effectively to stop the bleeding in the first place and they can get bigger and bigger and some pets unfortunately uh, end up with hematomas that uh, involve the entire ear itself and start swelling the actual ear canal itself and that certainly becomes a significant health issue not just a discomfort issue that's for sure so um, causes wise most of them are traumatic in origin so it's essentially a bruise um, that doesn't Uh, stop bleeding until it causes troubles. Um, The type of trauma can be varied. I mean, most of the pets that we see um, have had itchy ears and itself trauma essentially, so the dog scratching um, at their ear or rubbing at it, but more so scratching with their back leg that does most of the damage. Um, But that trauma, that itchiness can be caused by certainly allergies. We see lots of pets with um, foot troubles and ear troubles from both inhaled allergens, so environmental allergens, uh, direct contact dermatitis or occasionally food allergies so allergies are a common underlying cause of hematomas certainly some pets we still see with um, parasites, actual microscopic ear mites floating around in the ear as a cause of scratching the ear, and that can cause the hematoma. Um, occasionally, I see pets that have had an altercation with another dog in a fight and that sort of thing, or, or just sometimes bad luck, um, and just a trauma of any sort is potentially able to cause the start of the bleeding that becomes a hematoma. Um We're sort of becoming increasingly um, aware of a vasculitis inflammatory syndrome of the blood vessels of the ears. Some pets, um, and it can go along with the allergies, but it can be separate to them as well. Um, Microscopically, these ears, they've got inflammation of the blood vessels, um, and that inflammation and vasculitis makes those blood vessels more um, fragile and more likely to bleed. So that can be an underlying cause um, of hematomas, and that sort of changes our treatment protocols a little bit sometimes as well. Um, if you're unlucky enough to have your pet exposed to uh, rat poison or, or rodenticides which are anticoagulants, certainly a bleeding disorder is going to make a hematoma more likely to form and i've, had, I've struck that a couple of times in my career um, and just a foreign body down in the ears to make it itchy like a grass seed or um, a piece of something in the ear canal itself um, if it causes enough scratching it can end up being a problem so i mean ruling in or out a lot of those things um, on veterinary exam is really important initially because if you've got an underlying cause for the hematoma in the first place, okay, you've got a hematoma that you've got to decide what the best treatment for it is. But if you've got an underlying health condition, you need to treat that as well. So if you've got allergies, you go down that path. If there's ear mites there on inspection under the microscope, um, you can obviously treat those Um The vasculitis side of things we don't um, diagnose definitely very often, um, but it does change the way that we um, can treat these sometimes. Um, And obviously um, your vet will look down in the ear canal itself and, and see if there's any goop and muck and pus and all those sort of things down in there, or if there is a grass seed or a foreign body of some sort causing a problem. Uh, So treatment, Um, definitely treating the underlying cause is important because um, that will continue on if we don't pick up on what's going on. Some hematomas, um, and it depends on the size of the hematoma, Like you do get scar tissue forming regardless of the size um, of the hematoma, just that the smaller ones cause less scarring than the larger hematomas. Um, There's lots of pets running around that have had untreated hematomas and end up with a a little crinkled up ear, a cauliflower-like, appearance because that blood... um initially bleeds into the space that's there, um, starts to organize and form a blood clot um, and blood clots contract down um, and tighten up and and attach to the tissue around them and and basically concertina down into a a smaller area over a couple of weeks. So you end up with these um, cauliflower-eared appearances on some pets um, and and get considerable scarring. If that scarring happens down low in the ear canal um, and narrows the ear canal, certainly that is a problem um, because it then makes that the ear canal more difficult to ventilate more difficult to clean certainly and if you've got particularly an underlying allergic or infection predisposition having a narrowed ear canal is definitely a big problem because it makes um, the treatment of those diseases um, more difficult and more likely to get secondary infections down the track and that sort of thing so some of the small hematomas that are further towards the tip of the year, you'll have a discussion with your vet. Do we um, actually um, treat them surgically, um, which is one of the treatment options, or do we um, take a more conservative approach um, and a wait and see as far as is that hematoma going to get bigger or not? Um, a lot of them we treat with anti-inflammatories, A, to make it more comfortable, but B, um, a cortisone, which affects um, the immune system to some um, extent, but has an anti inflammatory effect and an immune modulating effect. If there is like a vasculitis style syndrome, um, sometimes cortisone, I know some vets certainly inject cortisone into lesions. Um, anytime you're injecting cortisone into a lesion, um, you're potentially running the risk of uh, immune suppression on one hand, but also introducing potentially bacteria into the, um, the blood clot, which is a great uh, medium for bacteria to grow on. So that's always a, a discussion to be had. Uh, you know, the, the pros and cons and risks and rewards of any treatment has got to be weighed up between the, um, between the vet and the patient. So, um, but some of them are treated conservatively with oral medications and sometimes injectable medications. And look, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, sometimes the, the ear will be bigger in the long run, um, a couple of days down the track and and they become a surgical problem. Um, Look, some vets um, and some owners will certainly request um, aspirating or, or trying to suck that blood and suck that fluid out of the ear. Um, look, again, there have been occasions where that's worked. The problem is once you've got that separation between the ear, skin, and the cartilage in the skin, you've got that potential space that's there and you suck the blood out of it and are uh, you putting a needle in it which might induce more bleeding um, and um, you can draw the fluid out Sometimes, um, sometimes if that blood clot has already formed, there's a, a fluid, a serum part to the clot, but the, there's still a solid, fibrous, um, fibrin reaction happening there, and, and you can't suck that out with a needle. It's just going to stay there. So, um, you know, early on it can be successful, but then what are you can do to stop that blood from coming back in, and, and you know, there's all sorts of bandaging techniques that are attempted and tried, and I've certainly done some of those. Um, anti-inflammatory injections, again, once you've um, aspirated it out, um, are a discussion point. Um, and then tight bandaging, um, where you bandage the ear against the head and and try and and put a bit of pressure on it, Um, has been tried on occasions um, and sometimes it works and and often it doesn't. But a lot of these end up as surgical candidates um, for uh, hematoma surgery. So there's a couple of different ways you can do that. Essentially, they're all the same um, aim, which is remove the blood clot, remove as much of that scar tissue potential as possible and stabilize the skin to this cartilage, to the skin and minimise that dead space, minimise the the amount of area that can fill back up with blood um, and have it draining for enough time for those tissues to heal back together. Um, They're always sutured. There's um, sutures put in place and and I've seen everything from um, no support to um, x-ray film used to be really popular in the veterinary world but there's a lot less actual x-rays these days. Um, There's been hematoma pads that have been available For years and years and years, Um, and um, certainly buttons get used sometimes to to spread out the pressure of the actual sutures because essentially the sutures going straight through the ear um, in one side and out the other and back the other side um, to hold that skin to the cartilage and the skin and and the sutures usually stay in there for fairly extended periods compared to normal wound healing. Um, You know, two and a half three weeks is the is the normal sort of hematoma time frame that we leave because we really want to induce a piece of scar tissue where that suture has been to attach that skin to the cartilage to the skin because the last thing you want to do is remove the sutures early um, and have that hematoma fill back up again. Um, there's usually some drainage of some sort left in there whether that's um, through a uh, an s shaped incision um, over the whole lot of the hematoma uh, s-shaped um, the theory was that there's less um, linear scar tissue formation because we're, we're trying to minimize the you know the cosmetic um, and and scar tissue formation um, that's happening there um, there's another technique where you use a, a punch biopsy and, and and punch you know three to five millimeter holes in the skin on the Inside of the ear and and leave that um to close over and leave that as a drainage point um there are certainly uh, you know just a a single incision or little stab incisions there um at multiple points to to drain the fluid out and you can you know pull out the the forming clot um and adhesions there because sometimes it's quite you know if it's hematoma has been there for a week you've got quite a lot of of fairly thick scar tissue happening certainly so that's the main things to consider when you're doing um, surgery most of them will go home with bandages on um, and an e-collar um, so they can't scratch at those um, because the more flapping and, and scratching they do a the more bloodshed there is because they're very vascular um, and you know they they bleed quite readily so usually there's a, a bandage of some sort on there for a couple of days at least post-surgery um, and look it's quite an uncomfortable surgery to do because you know a, a cattle dog sized dog will probably have 24 530 sutures um, through that year. So they have pain relief and anti-inflammatories and and usually antibiotic therapy to go home with, but um, it's not a... a pain-free procedure, certainly, but the alternative is, um, yeah, the hematoma getting bigger and and causing more and more scarring. So, um, there's no one way to treat them, and, and certainly, um, depending on your vet's um, preference and and personal experience, etc., um, the treatment options will vary. But that's a discussion point for you and your veterinarian. So, basically, yeah, diagnose it first, um, treat the underlying cause because there usually is an underlying cause, um, and try and get things um, to the best. Long term solution um, with the least discomfort, and sometimes that's surgery. Okay, thanks, guys.